It is a Wednesday. The Crossing Broadcast is back. I am Russell Joy at Joy on Broad, joined as always by Crossing Broad's Kyle Scott at Crossing Broad on Twitter. Uh, our lovely duo, the Crossing Broadcast, who you've known and loved for nearly a year. Can you believe it's been a year, Kyle? Uh, it would not be Crossing Broadcast if it weren't for the fact that instead of starting off with Philadelphia sports, we have to have a brief discussion about what you are doing with your life, specifically what you are about to watch. I'm going to watch Shape of Water, and I don't know why you have a problem with it. First of all, one best picture. Uh, second of all, it's got a 90-something on Rotten Tomatoes, 75 from the audience. I've been jonesing to watch it. I almost... I got the, the uh, for Christmas, the 4K Apple TV, which outputs in 4K HDR, and this is one of the movies available in 4K HDR, and I almost pulled the trigger on f- outright buying it about three weeks ago, because uh, I wanted to watch it so bad, and I knew it would look good, but I decided to wait till it was available to rent through iTunes, which it now is, and I'm going to watch it tonight, and have myself a Jefferson's Reserve bourbon while doing so. So I, I decided that uh, we had this conversation a little bit ago. And I wanted to pull the Rotten Tomatoes scores on uh, Shape of Water and, and Get Out and, you know, a lot of the other top nominees. And um, I I saw enough people um, raise serious questions and serious doubts about the Shape of Water actually winning the Academy Award. Um, and I, I remember, you know, having read, having heard that so many people thought that it was going to win just because it's the kind of movie that filmmakers say they want to do and that it's kind of a pretentious, artsy film. Um, I will look forward to Read uh, quality. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to your review uh, at some point. I didn't understand the fascination with the movie Get Out. I didn't see it. Uh, admittedly, I didn't see any of the best uh, picture nominees in this year's Academy Awards. But I heard plenty of good about Dunkirk. I heard great things about Get Out. Heard nothing about Lady Bird or Call Me by Your Name. Uh, three billboards I heard of, and I think I actually heard part of that uh, because of you. Uh, Phantom Thread was also nominated, and so were The Post. Now, The Post, of course, had Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. It's hard oh, to screw Meryl up a movie. Streep. I can't believe it's... people like me. Oh, my God. People like me. Enough. Oh they make too big of a deal out of Meryl Streep. You're surprised by that? Like, she's good actress, and, it, like, that's the end of it. Like, you don't have to treat her like she's the fucking queen. Like, she's she's an actress. Well, I think uh, time. Any movie on, with Tom and her and Tom Hanks, they could be sit there watching Paint Dry and it would be nominated. I haven't seen The it, Post. It I would like would. to. It's up my alley, That's, the whole journalism yeah. thing. I'm into that, but... I was going to say, know, that really whatever. that really strikes me as your kind of movie. But instead, instead of watching those movies, you're going to watch The Shape of Water, a movie by Guillermo del Toro um, about a fish man. Is that is that what this is about? I don't... Yeah, look, I, we don't, I, have, I don't to, have to we don't, we don't have to recap the Oscars for everybody, but I would say, yeah, I, I just want to know if there's fish... Uh, I, there's fish sex. I'm, I'm here for the fish sex. Why? <laughs> He's a fish man. He has sex, and it, the best part of it is it elicited. There's a no best part of that on the Huffington Post, written by a guy who genuinely admits to and wrote a book about in the past be, having sex don't. with a dolphin in the 1970s no. in like some sort of theme park. What? He wrote a whole book about his romantic no, adventures okay. with a this dolphin. Is, nope, nope, nope. It, that is I'm a just, true story. Pulling, Google it. I am pulling it's crazy. the plug. I'm pulling the plug on this. Uh, it's a real thing. I'm not making I find, it up. I find so many of the things that you bring up reprehensible, and I, I just simply do not want to be associated with it. I'm pulling all of the Rotten Tomato scores, though, and I do have to say that of the, uh, what was it, the eight nominees, right, for Best Picture, uh, oh. it would appear that Shape of Water had the lowest um, the lowest rating among the, um, the fans. The, That's fine. The, the unwashed heathens of the world can't appreciate the fine culture, uh, a fine cultured uh artsy flick like that i am i think it's going to be terrific i'm here for the fish shacks i'm also here for glorious hdr uh stay tuned i'll report back oh, on what I i'm said. sorry phantom thread and the post had a worse rating among the audience hey. so uh yeah i'm sure that people are going to be really excited um to listen to that recap at some point great i only fish, started fish people i will say that i watched um three billboards very good highly recommended uh, i started watching the um What's the not Dunkirk? The other World War II movie about the exact same battle um, with Gary Oldman. Oh, the the dark was the Darkest Hour. Yeah. That, so yeah, yeah not the I, Dark Knight. I made it about twenty thirty minutes in. Uh, it sucked. It was I could have done with of five minutes of him on YouTube impersonating Churchill, and it would have been cool. 
basically the whole movie, you're just there to see his Churchill impersonation. Um, I, the movie was like, just like, seemed like a very strict, um, docudrama sort of thing. Now, maybe it got better as it went along, but it didn't grab my interest and I tuned out. And usually I like that stuff. Speaking of, uh, things that got people's interest, uh, we finished the last episode talking about Joel Embiid and throwing down, uh, wagers on meatballs and use a Pruder film this, uh, I'm guessing in further depth than anyone else uh, known to man. And you happen to catch another Easter egg in the video as if it was a a trailer for a new Marvel's Avengers movie. Yeah, so I talked about this the other day. I think I mentioned that Michael Rubin, Sixers co-owner, appeared to be in the video of Embiid. He said I have 40,000 riding on this. I think he bet 20 to win 40. Uh, Regardless, Embiid throwing down uh, tens of thousands of dollars on a guy eating a meatball. I would, God, I'd love to be that rich. I seriously would. I would love to be that rich where I could just throw $40,000 on frivolous things. Um, I would pay off my student loan debt and my wife's and probably like the rest of our car payment. There you go. I like, oh my God, to be that rich. Go ahead. Sorry. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. Uh, Anyway, uh, Michael Rubin, Sixers co-owner, looked like he was in it, which I thought was interesting. Later that day, TMZ had a post about Embiid's uh, 24th, 25th birthday 24th 24th 24th. birthday on friday yep in miami and uh joined with him in the photo was sixers co-owner michael rubin this is i would imagine somewhat uncharted rubin's a young guy like i think probably early 40s mid 40s uh made a ton of money local guy went to villanova for two weeks dropped out started a massive company sold it to ebay um the dude loves athletes um now granted his first company was very sports focused had a lot to do with sporting goods uh, sports apparel, worked with all the sports leagues. I used to work there, yada, yada, yada. Um, he loves athletes, but I've, I don't know if I've ever seen an owner hang out with players quite the way that he does. Um, if you recall, there was a post on the website last year where he chased down Kobe two years ago, where he chased down Kobe Bryant after his last game. Um, and I don't like gave him high five. Um, he was seen, I believe he was sitting next, he was sitting next to Allen Iverson the other night. Um, he was on the screen last night sitting next to Michael Bennett, uh, and he's partying with Joel Embiid and throwing down on his meatball game. Um, the dude just loves to hang out with athletes. Um, I just find it interesting to be partying with your 24 year old star center as the billionaire co-owner. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just sort of fascinated by the whole dynamic. Like, um, you know, that is, there's some serious cash being thrown around at those things. Yeah. Yeah, but I do uh, like Embiid partying with the partying with the owner. That's good. Uh, create create lasting bonds. I suspect that Joshua Harris is not attending any of the same parties that Joel Embiid is. Michael Rubin, however, very close friends with Meek Mill, wrote a letter to get him out. Uh, I need Rubin, Meek, and Joel Embiid party photo, and I need it now. It looks like we do have some movement on the Meek front because the judge hasn't heard their. Uh, thing for an appeal and the da said he wouldn't oppose uh his release so it would be nice to see me get out here soon too wow yeah wow I, huge I, missed opportunity by the city not freeing him at the eagles parade though i agree you and i was you got yeah. you and i were at the ritz and I, I looked at you and i said like this this would be the greatest moment ever uh is you know you hear the the music hit and then Meek runs out and leads the middle the of kelsey's speech you get a hold up wait a minute and he comes running down Ooh. the steps that Ooh. i mean it would have shook now, the city not, to enough its people core. Had, enough people had walked away at that point that I, I don't know. Uh, I, before I thought, in the Kelsey speech? Yeah, before the Kelsey speech. Because yeah. it wasn't it before the Kelsey speech, the best one at that point had been Lane Johnson and Chris Long, right? The speeches and, were not the, good until that point. No, they were highly disappointed. But I, there were plenty of people who were who I was uh, standing near uh, Franklin, was it Franklin Institute? Um, where a lot of people had, had started walking away because they said that, like, you know, you could just hear people saying the speeches sucked. Why am I out here? Um, and then Kelsey's speech, you know, it felt like the entire city rushed to uh, a five or six block radius. Um, anyway, so we've got one owner who's uh, who's out partying with the players and is sitting next to, uh, you know, Michael Bennett. That's exciting. Um, I was catching up on the Michael Bennett um, press conference and uh, Kevin recapped it on the website. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was the question that was asked about, uh, you know, is he going to continue his activism and you know he said he was just there for football, but it, you, you get the feeling that he's going to keep he's going to keep his activism up. Um, one he's of doing the other a book things- signing locally in like um, 
uh, kind of this week. Someone sent me a yeah a link about it. Yeah, he's got his his, his new book coming out, so I think he's going to do a little bit of a of a local tour, um, doing the signings. He'll be at Uncle Bobby's Coffee and Books in um, Germantown. Do you think he's going to talk about the Vegas thing at all? Do you think it's? I don't know. Book? We'll find out. Saturday, March thirty first. Things that make that. white people uncomfortable by Michael Bennett at Uncle Bobby's oh, Coffee oh and God, Books. Stop. I'm that's serious. Awful. What? And that's what it's called. Stuff that makes white people uncomfortable. That's things that make white people uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Shit's about to get real. I was gonna say like dancing in public. Uh, Excuse me. Dancing in public. Oh. oh stuff I that makes you. you know things that make white people uncomfortable in public. Oh, dancing. That's fair. Um. Yeah. Um, you should probably just stop there. Yeah, this this is this is a good pod so far. Um, let's talk about the Sixers a little bit, or did you want to get to something else first? We've got we did talk about the NCAA tournament a bunch on Monday. Um, we intend on having, I believe, Kevin Kincaid on um, for Friday's podcast because Kevin went to West Virginia, is the biggest West Virginia fan we know, wore a West Virginia hat to our uh, second live podcast at Carlinos, and since he is going to have to uh, somebody has to stand up for the uh, integrity or the dignity or lack thereof of West Virginia University. Um, it only makes sense that we have Villanova's own Kyle Scott square off with Kevin. Um, I still don't know uh, what that's going to look like, but that'll be something exciting for Friday. Um, I think Kevin is resigned to Villanova winning. However, on the website, um, he wrote we and us several times referring to West Virginia, which when I, I didn't catch it in edit. I read it once it was live. Sort of broke my spirit to see Villanova on the other side of someone using um, uh, uh, second voice or whatever, secondary voice. That's no, that's first person. Second person. Thank you. I, I was <laughs> the phrase no, was first, escaping what? me. First person. He was using second person. Us, second person we. is no. Second person is when you use you. Third I'm totally. When, I, I totally first, write for a living. First person is when you're, ref- you're when you're referring to yourself, so that can be I or we. Second person is you or you guys, you plural. Third person is he, she, or they. There you go. It would and appear that you're correct. This this grammar moment. Did you just Google it? No. This, I know, uh, I've, as this, uh, as you were saying it, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't written a blog a, post a in a while. Cut me some slack. Yeah, I know. Uh, speaking of slack, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go there. Some guy um, tweeted me the other day. He's like, was it your intention when you got all these writers to not uh, write anymore? And I was like, no, dipshit. No, I didn't call him a dipshit. But I was like, <laughs> he's like, I've been reading since 09. No, no, because he, he said, I was like, I've been reading since 09. And since the site existed for like 10 days in 09, I like to think he's one of our better readers. No, I just, I get the the t-shirt thing as you know and i'm not we don't have to go into it but someone tweeted me the other day they're like i'm all i'm seeing at st patty today this was saturday is people wearing crossing broad shirts now now i don't think kyle was like full of shit or now i know what he meant by being busy with t-shirts um so there was that and now like i've spent the last two weeks back at the computer and i've basically just been like going through emails and doing a year's worth of accounting for tax stuff like all stuff that would have been done in a slower fashion so Honestly, all I want to do is write a blog post, multiple of them. I would love to just sit down and start writing blog posts. Um, um, but, you know, all right, strike well, while the iron is hot, as they say. I guess that kind of comes back around to uh, to things that, uh, that, I don't know. I don't know what you were doing during the Sixers game. I don't know if you were watching it. I don't know who watched it. The I feel like the Sixers have played Charlotte at least six times in the last like month and a half. It feels like every they, other game They have has not played been... Charlotte more than they've played the Heat. No, I was going to say that it feels like the only two teams that the Sixers have played recently are Charlotte and uh, and Miami. And Who of course, makes the schedule? I don't know. And ha- I, between the Summer League and the first two weeks of the season, how many fucking times did they play the Celtics? It, it was a bunch. I, I swear like, to God, I saw Jason Tatum, like uh, 10 of Jason Tatum's first 12 professional games between the Summer League and the start of the season. It was he's uncanny. got this like, weird kind of, it feels like he's got a Mr. Miyagi kind of uh, facial hair going on. If he just let the chin go a little bit longer, he hasn't done it yet. But that's the vibe I get off of uh, his facial hair. I also like the fact that at this point Dude, in this... the season, all the Jason Tatum love has has dissipated. As has a lot of the Brad Stevens, uh, you know. Uh, Dude, it's so scary. As you're describing this, as you're describing this, the top tweet on my timeline. As you're talking about the Jason, his facial hair and the love, I'm scrolling up my timeline, and there's a Sports Illustrated short video clip of him throwing down a massive dunk on uh russell westbrook uh in real time like 
it's sort of uncanny how you were speaking about it. And here we go. Here's the Jason Tatum Twitter love coming out. Yeah, it, I'm just so glad dunk. that he's fallen off because, I mean, look, it's it's easy to be uh, an effective shooter when you're playing on the best or second best team in the Eastern Conference. And you also, you know, only have to be the third or fourth option on your team. Um, the Donovan Mitchell love has started to die down a little bit. I think part of that is because Ben Simmons is now up to nine triple doubles. And in this ESPN 24 hour news cycle, all it feels like is ESPN cares about triple doubles. So it's nice to see Ben getting some love. Um, you know, if you remember even back to last year when Russell Westbrook won MVP uh, with his ridiculous, you know, triple double streak um, and, you know, averaging it for the, the season, it felt like no matter what the result was, even if uh, Oklahoma City got blown out by 30 points, if he got a triple double, it was like, you know, front page of ESPN, you know, never mind the teams that actually, you know, won games. That stuff's not important. Um, but Ben is now up to nine triple doubles uh, in his rookie season. Obviously, we've we've gone over this before. Uh, the most, if only he would learn to close out games. The most, am I right? He didn't shoot in the fourth quarter. Um, it's the most triple doubles uh, for a rookie, as we've talked about a million times now uh, since Oscar Robertson. Um, but yeah, um, Ben Ben is continuing uh, a certain trend that I will kind of keep anonymous here, or I'll, I'll not really bring up. Um, he did have a great fourth quarter. In this game, he had six rebounds, five assists, and a steal uh, within that quarter. Um, made two free throws, which shows that he, you know, did attack the rim at some point. Um, one of, I guess, the the interesting things I like to kind of break down um, what he's doing compared to Dario because Dario has continued to have, I think, what has been easily his most impressive season. I would say that this season has been a a better overall season um, than in, in his rookie campaign. Um, it feels like he's acclimated to the league better and he kind of knew what to expect going into this. He's part of this starting five. That's the most, has the highest efficiency rating in the NBA. Um, and Dario has, has shown a propensity for, uh, not being afraid to take that shot whenever it's, you know, he's given the option. Um, he's worked on this move that I, I don't totally understand. Uh, and it, it really doesn't seem to, um, to jive, uh, well, I, I guess it's okay with his teammates, but like it doesn't seem to throw off defenders as much. He does this like little half fake uh, from the wing to the corner pass, and then just kind of pulls it back and, and jacks a three himself. But he seems to be doing it a lot. It's almost becoming his go-to default move, like as if you were playing the old NBA 2K on Sega Dreamcast, where everybody had the same move uh, from the AI, and uh, it's kind of become that Joel Embiid pump fake at the top of the arc that not a lot of guys are biting for anymore. Um, hopefully we, we get to see them kind of differentiate their, their initial moves out at the arc. Um, but the Sixers won. They were expected to win. They still, uh, we've talked about this before, uh, and it's been covered everywhere, that they've got the easiest strength of schedule um, going forward through the rest of the year. And they realistically could finish third in the Eastern Conference. It just kind of comes down to, Will they continue to take care of, of business going forward? Um, if they do, it, it's totally possible that they could pass uh, Cleveland, they can pass Indiana, and pass Washington. Cleveland's now in third, but news that broke yesterday, no, it was earlier today or it was yesterday, um, Ty Lue, the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, has stepped away from the team uh, due to an undisclosed illness, talked about having chest pains, Um and I, I mentioned in Slack that this isn't it's something that's... stress of dealing with yeah. LeBron. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, I mentioned in Slack, it's not totally our our um, our theme here because it's not Philadelphia related, but LeBron and Ty Lue got into a, a screaming match a few nights ago, uh, opposite ends of the bench, like exact opposite ends of the bench, screaming top of lungs at each other, ca- captured on video. It was blowing up the Twitterverse. And now, not only does Ty Lue have this news break... But within like, I think to within two hours, uh, his article came out or the article about him came out two hours after ESPN.com ran a featured article about e, uh, about LeBron James having worked with a Navy SEAL and getting himself in shape to play, like getting his back right so he could play 82 games. And the juxtaposition in like reading the Ty, the Ty Lue article and then once you got done, the next article that popped up was, you know, LeBron in, in the best shape of his career. That again is that LeBron James narrative machine. Uh, his people are good. They are really, really good. And the quotes that he kind of had in the Ty Lue story, specifically when he, um, you know, talked about the fact that the players have known for a while and uh, ultimately, you know, it's been affecting the team because Ty Lue is the captain of the ship. Uh, 
look, it kind of comes back to, I think, part of why certain fans of the Sixers and other teams are kind of hesitant to take on LeBron James uh, going forward. Um, I don't know if you have a, a take on that either way, but... Yeah, it, I mean, it, they're look, this was a topic they're... on Mike Missinelli today, and we've talked about it on here, so I don't even know how much it's worth rehashing. I think the people who don't want LeBron are fucking idiots. Um, he's the great. He's, Mike Godown is the greatest player of all time. Um, he's still in the back end of the prime of his career and could be any combination of him and Joel Embiid. Throw in, just throw in Ben Simmons potentially J.J. Redick or another shooter, potentially another free agent, potentially Markel Fultz and Darius Arge. And, you know, you have a championship team. Two of the next three years, you probably win championships. Um, I don't see why anyone wouldn't want him. I understand that he could leave a franchise. I don't even want to say in tatters. Um, Cleveland was a weird situation because he went there and they scrambled to build the team around him, and they incredibly were able to build one that won. Um, the, uh, the Eagles, the Sixers already have that in place. That's the difference here. Um, he seems to genuinely like these guys already to begin with. Now, not saying he can't turn on guys and, you know, that something soured with Kevin Love and all of that stuff and, and obviously Kyrie, but, um, you know, Kyrie was there before LeBron and viewed it as his team. Like, I, I don't know. And, and that, that could be the case with him being in Simmons. Who knows? But I don't, I don't even care. If, if you win two out of three years and you're in the finals three straight years, fine. Like, you're going to spend – we've spent six years trying to build up to that. Go for it. Go for broke. Win a couple. And then, okay, whatever happens on the back end happens. That's the whole point of this. I get that you don't want just want to do like a Ruben Amaro thing and, and go nuts for one year or, you know, try and extend a window and then kill your franchise for a decade. But you have a chance of getting one of the best players of all time still um, very near – or at least close to the top of his game, surrounded by good young players. I, I just, I don't understand why people wouldn't want him. Get over, get over the fact that it's not a homegrown players. Go through the Eagles roster this year and tell me how many guys were on the team twelve months ago, uh, and tell me if that diminished at all from the Super Bowl. The answer is no. Um, we would love LeBron, and he would be more part of a, our fabric than guys who are decidedly already parts of our fabric like jay jay and there's, like there's Blunt a, and all see, there's guys. a giant there's a big difference between what the eagles did and what the sixers have right now uh, part of it is because the the entire thing with the sixers it doesn't is, matter i'm can, not comparing them no, directly no, no. all the only you, comparison you just, i'm making did. no but no but the only comparison i'm making is that people want to do it with homegrown guys and you know lebron it feels like you're renting it a little bit the eagles added a lot of guys who 10 months later won, it didn't take away from the fact that, like, these weren't guys they drafted. They weren't guys, you know, it wasn't like winning with Deshaun and LaShawn and those guys after four or five years when they were kind of a part of the fabric of Philadelphia and Selleck and, and Kelsey and Doran Boss, you know, guys who had been here for a while. Um, that wasn't the case. The Eagles won with a lot of rent or, either rent a player or short term acquisitions, and it took away nothing. Um, you know, I don't foresee that as a problem. The 2008 Phillies were great because they were all homegrown. That just doesn't really happen anymore in sports. So screw yeah, it. So, so I, I know what you're saying, but I, I think the rational take isn't just that it's, you know, people want to win with the guys that, that have been here. It A lot of these guys don't have a long track record for the team. I think it's just that you look at it and you say, okay, the core of this team, the majority of this team are all young guys that you've made a, an emotional investment into. And that could theoretically be here 10 years, right? And so the way that the Eastern Conference is currently structured where, like, no teams are good outside of Toronto, which has, you know, done a, 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 a really large-scale rollover from last season, as has Washington. Um, but, like, Washington's cap, you know, they're, they're in, like, this kind of weird predicament where, like, they might have actually been better without John Wall. And, like, what do they do? Do they make a trade? Do they blow that part of it up? Um, Toronto's just fantastic because so many of the guys that they have were guys that they had on the team last year. But outside of them, like, going forward, the only other team that you really have to worry about long-term is Boston, right? So even without a LeBron or without, you know, trying to court Paul George, you could theoretically be looking at a team which, you know, if they add another uh, lottery pick this year or they use that Sacramento pick next year, if it doesn't convey this, the Lakers pick doesn't convey this year, if, you add if, in Markel if. Fultz. No, but like the, none of these, okay, none of these are, are ifs that aren't really within your control. I, I mean, look. you're, you're going to get, you're going to get a lottery pick either this year or next year. That's not an if. You will eventually add Markel Fultz back. That is not an if. Um, 
the difference between what the Eagles did and what the Sixers have is there were plenty of key contributors to the Eagles team. I'm looking at like the Zach Ertz's of the world, the Lane Johnson's of the world, Brent Selleck, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles. These are guys who have had longer careers. Darren Sproles Ertz, didn't play half the year. Going into the season, he did. What I'm saying you're, is they're, they're – what? You're what I'm saying is – You're making a comparison that I'm not making, but okay. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's easy to kind of do stop gaps and and like kind of rationalize wanting to make a run for it this year with the Eagles. Um, part of that is because you have a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz, but like some who's, of these guys don't a, have that many on a team friendly contract. Yes, and some of these here. guys just don't have a lot left. Like the when you went into this past season, plenty of the guys that were on the team on both sides of the ball, you said right. like this could be their final season as an Eagle. It could be one of their last seasons playing in the NFL. You know, it doesn't hurt you to go for it. The You're Sixers right. team, you don't like outside of Ursan Ilyasova, Marco, Marco Bellinelli, who have you know long track records, JJ Redick, who may or may not yep. be back next year. Like these aren't guys that you've made an emotional investment into, nor have you, um, you know, had to, you know, kind of rationalize, uh, you know, making making a move, uh, you know, on on their behalf, if that makes sense. I don't know if it does. Yeah, I, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and the, I'm not saying the Sixers need LeBron James by any stretch. What I am saying is, though, <laughs> like, if you're a sports fan, how could you pass up the opportunity of a team that's been miserable for so long to get one of the greatest players of all time on your team, still with several good years left, uh, and seeing him play with Joel Embiid, even if that's only for two or three years, seeing those guys together with Simmons, with potentially Fultz, with him potentially another free agent, like... That is what the NBA is now. If you're going to win, you're going to need a super team. And regardless of how good Simmons and Embiid are together, before the Sixers ever win, they're going to add a pretty premium um, player in addition to those guys to put them over the hump. Because they have the caps, if for no other reason than because they're going to have the cap space and be able to sign somebody. So why not That's, what, that's where I say go after. Well, that's why I say I, I'd rather them go after Paul George that's this year. That's dumb. That, I'm wait. sorry. That is it's Why? Why is why, why like why okay. would you not want LeBron James? That is what I don't understand. I again, the Sixers could very well why win do I just want with Paul the guys jo- they Why have. would I want Paul George over LeBron James? Yes. Why, as a sports fan, okay. would you not want to witness on your team one of, if not the best player ever, playing with another guy who has a potential to be a transformational player in in Joel Embiid? Why would you not want to witness that and be able to say, "Yep." We're we're in line for a championship next year. So like, let's that say is LeBron, what I don't be, understand. It's like turning down Wayne because, Gretzky no, when you're the Rangers. No, it's it's and not. In fact, LeBron is still better than Gret- well, LeBron like is better no. than Gretzky was at that point. It's not like that at all. Because one of two, one of a few things is going to happen. When LeBron signs, right? I've talked about this how many times. He's going to sign a one and one deal. He's not going to sign a long term deal because he likes to have maximum leverage against teams, right? And they're going to so, win a championship the first year and he'll come. Based right on back. what, Kyle? They're they're not set up to beat Golden State. This team, this team, this team right now is sixth in the Eastern Conference. LeBron James getting added to this doesn't make them. Yes, this, it like, does. The, yes, no, it does. no, it doesn't. Yes, yeah, they're still, are they're, you insane? LeBron James on his own. You, think, is on, is you honestly think that LeBron conference. James gets added to a team with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and they're going to they are going to go out and beat the Warriors. They're automatically You're in the out finals, of your mind. and they absolutely can beat the Warriors, especially because there's a reasonable chance Klay Thompson is not there next year. He has one full year left on his deal. They're not going to be able to pay him. If they want to get anything for him, there's a reasonable chance that he is traded at some point before the finals next season, potentially this summer. All good things come to an end for them as well. Okay, They're they no- could use his bird rights. They can sign him over the cap. It just it really hamstrings them on it other sides. It's going that's, to be that's part very of the difficult for them to keep him, and they could get a lot more. I'm not saying the Warriors aren't a threat. I'm not saying whatever. LeBron James, um, let me basically on, hold on, hold on. LeBron <laughs> James basically single handedly. Him and Kyrie beat the Warriors. By the oh, way, I'm so, by wait, themselves. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. Him, he and he and who? Him he and, and Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, who's a top five point guard in the NBA, Joel who could, who could very is a easily be a top player ten player Ky- in, in the NBA. Joel? That Kyrie Irving, the guy who has you know a lengthy track record of being an All Star player, can yes, that guy? Yes, Joel Embiid is more impactful than Kyrie Irving, and he certainly will be a year from now. If he's not now, he will be a year from now. Okay? That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But and this Kevin is, Love now, did not. I, hold on. Hold on. Kevin Love did not play that year. They won. Right. He was hurt. Correct. He did play. What year was he hurt? Wasn't that the year he got hurt in the playoffs? Here, let me. Do you want me to pull it up? It. You know what? It doesn't I'll really matter. It. Hold on. It doesn't it really does. matter. The point is, what 
even if you're taking that triumvirate of LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love, a year from now, I would take LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and oh, by the way, insert another free agent. You can't. Who, who they're going to be able to go you don't out have the and cap sign. Space. You don't absolutely have the cap space. they do. You, no, you don't. The, the Sixers can check spot track right now. No, that's not how it works. Trust, trust me on this. They have enough to go out and get LeBron and near Max another guy. No, they, oh, I, they, I spent hours on this over the summer when we were considering this and the ability to get George. That I, was I, before Joel Embiid signed his max extension, Kyle. They don't have the space. It's a myth. Nope. They, again, when we did this over the summer, it was actually possible for them to sign Embiid sign, and, and basically Mac because I was factoring in for Lowry. So I was extending Embiid, Lowry, and still being able to afford another max level free agent. It was doable. Where it would have created problems is two years down the road with Ben Simmons, which it still could. It doesn't. We're arguing a, a, now because that's bird. That's bird rights again. Here's why you're wrong about LeBron. Paul we're George, diming a point. No, he instantly okay, so makes Paul, the Sixers potential title contenders. They absolutely could win a championship the, with him, Kyle? Regardless of what's going on in, in what is LeBron James going to do on this team? Is he going to be a ball dominant player or is he going to play off ball? Best that, player that is, ever. It doesn't matter. Ross. Yes, it, it does, Kyle. It does because Ben Simmons. He's his, been in the finals kind of for growth, how many straight years Jesus with Christ. a lot of bullshit any, around him. Any kind of a LeBron James move without him t- being willing to play off ball is going to absolutely crush the growth of Ben Simmons. We've had this conversation how did about he play with ball dominant point guard Kyrie Irving. Because Kyrie was able to become an off-ball guard because Kyrie Irving can shoot the ball, which Ben Simmons can't do. See, this is why when, we, when we've when we argued about what happens when Fultz comes back and if Fultz ends up being, you know, a potential lead guard, we talked about in the in the crunch time moments of games, you are is right. Marco Fultz going to be the guy be with the ball? Okay? But if what LeBron you're missing James, the point no. is the combination you of LeBron James and Joel no. Embiid on the court together, Russ, is un- you could put three replacement level stiffs if one of them could remotely shoot a three pointer and they would instantly be the favorite in the East. Like, I think you are vastly underrating how abs- a healthy Joel Embiid, vastly underrating. You want to talk about a big dominant if. You wanted to hammer me before be. on ifs? That's the biggest if we possibly could have. Well, you know what? That's an if, if whether or not LeBron's here or not. So if LeBron's here, they perfectly- have a better chance of offsetting that if. So if Embiid gets hurt and you have LeBron on your team, they still have a chance. Whereas if Embiid gets hurt and you don't have LeBron on your team, they have a significantly less of a chance. LeBron James signs as a one and one He potentially stops Ben Simmons' growth as a player because Ben cannot play off ball. You're right. He's if just, LeBron his, James, he's just if, his mentor. If, hold, hold, oh, totally. yes. That's great. Wrap his arm around him, Kyle. That's fantastic. When it comes down to it, if LeBron is going to be this ball-dominant point forward, what value does Ben Simmons have? As a secondary ball handler, as a guy who's going to like post up, a guy who doesn't shoot beyond twenty feet. As a guy who this, would otherwise where, be a that's senior, where it does matter. As a guy who would otherwise be a senior in college, when many of his potential peers are still playing in college, to be playing underneath the greatest player of all time and still get playing starting How minutes on an NBA growth? championship team, that it helps his growth because he's going to practice with him and learn from him every single day. You're insane if you think that would would, would that hurt he him brings for a year no or two, value maybe. to your team. No, he brings no value okay. to your team. Okay, we're going. Outside of being a, a rebounder. That. Now, Paul George, here's... No. LeBron, here's LeBron Paul, would only be a rebounder? Got it. Okay. No. I'm saying Ben Simmons would be. Got it. Simmons, oh, okay. brings, you, Simmons brings you no floor spacing, right? So if you want to go, let's go direct comparison, right? Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, right? If, if that's the idea here is that you're going to move your ball-dominant point guard and you're going to make him a secondary option, right? Ben Simmons brings no floor spacing. We've seen it at ends of games where teams have sagged off and they've sent immediate double teams on Joel Embiid because they know that on out-of-bounds plays, they don't have to deal with Ben Simmons because LeBron he brings nothing to the table. would be playing off the ball more than Simmons would. 100%. That's what I'm asking. Is he now going to become an off-ball guy? Because Absolutely. Paul George has learned how to do that. That's why I like the idea of Paul George. First of all, in, in terms of like the, the concern about being a locker room cancer, that is not Paul George. In terms of having to worry about every single year appeasing LeBron James or or like risking him walking after every single season, which is what he's set up Cleveland to do um, Whoa, the last difference. two years. Big difference no, between no. the Sixers and Cleveland. Cleveland has no leverage. They have no other team. They're in shambles besides LeBron. The Sixers, as you've just eloquently described, have 
a significant leverage because they have the pieces. They don't have to move. Uh, Joel Embiid is here for the foreseeable future, as is Ben Simmons. They have a core. LeBron can't hold them hostage because if he walks, they still may be in a position to win that's, an NBA championship, unlike Cleveland. That's ludicrous, and you know it. If you get LeBron James, what? let's say the Sixers finish what, in what sixth is ludicrous this year. About that? Because if the Sixers finish sixth, right, and they get beaten in the first round by pick whatever team, say they get beaten by LeBron, okay. or they get beaten by like Washington Doesn't or Indiana matter. or whomever. Doesn't matter. Okay. And they're and they're a, an exit as a sixth as a sixth seed in the in the East, right? And let's say Fultz doesn't return to that form that we hope he would from Washington, right? LeBron James comes in, the Sixers make the finals. Let's say that like they are an easy, write them in with pen into the NBA finals his first year. And then it comes out that like the team, you know, you say that they have all this leverage. If LeBron James is playing here and he leads you to like, let's say a six game series against the Warriors where it looks like they're going to have, you know, a, a strong case, they have a strong future. And then you let LeBron James walk. People are going to turn on this team. No, the, I, they no, absolutely not, will. Russ, yes, no, Bruce. But here, Kyle, you would have it. the best player. Stop! But, stop! Stop! It's not about you, the no. Fan, you said no. you like yelling. Stop! Doesn't that doesn't know, it doesn't change anything? Because you because you're arguing something. You're you you're changing the argument here. It's not about what people think. I'm sure the Sixers would love to appease people. It's about their leverage. The 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 difference with the Cavaliers and to a lesser extent the Heat, but the Cavs are the great example of this. They're a mess. Kyrie demanded to get out. He's gone. Why they're, did he demand to get out? Because okay. they floated his name in trade rumors. And what had been described as potential back-channel dealings from LeBron. Okay, again, again, I'm not defending the fact that LeBron can can grate on people. But what I am saying is it's a significantly different situation that the Cavs are currently in right now. Right now, they are scrambling to put pieces together for the remaining months they have with LeBron James in hopes that... God willing, something can happen. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. They are not. They were not set up for the future the way the Sixers were. I mean, there's a ton of things about that organization that are not as well run as the way the Sixers currently are, regardless of whether we actually like the owners. They're actually doing a terrific job in all facets from the practice facility up to, you know, I mean, like seriously, they're doing a great job at everything. You can question Brian Colangelo, whatever. This team is positioned for long-term success, regardless of who they bring in next year. The Cavs and the Sixers are in vastly different boats. The Sixers have significantly stronger footing. LeBron James will not have the leverage a year or two from now, as he's very much entering the back end of his career, if he's not already. I don't. I still think he's got a couple of prime years left. He will not have the leverage that he's had in the past or that he has currently with the Cavs, with the Sixers, because the Sixers can say, we don't. We, we don't need to put up with these shenanigans. We don't need to trade the player you want, bring in the player you want, bring in the coach you want. We Because as a team, as an organization, if you're here for two years and then leave, and we still have the we still have Joel it's and be B. one year. One year, fine, it, whatever. It'll be one year. Fine, okay, one year. Again, you're, you're nitpicking on little points here. Say it's one year. It doesn't matter. Fine. You want to walk after a year, LeBron? That's fine. We have Joel Embiid for three more years. We're going to re-sign Ben Simmons. Markel Fultz learned how to shoot again and is playing like the number one pick that he is. And oh, by the way, if you leave, we still have a ton of cap space to go out in free agency next summer and spend it. LeBron James will not have the leverage to hold the Sixers hostage. And that's what people don't understand. It's a different situation than he's been in before. And just because he's been in those situations, he's still good buddies with Wade. He doesn't have sour grapes towards the guys with the heat. It's he had a, he's been in a bad situation in Cleveland. But that said, he's got great relationships with Ben Simmons, who literally he's been mentoring for years, and clearly with Joel Embiid. So unless you just are hell-bent on believing that LeBron is going to spike every professional relationship he ever has, which may or may not be the case, I don't think he leaves the Sixers in shambles. And quite honestly, they won't have to bend over backwards to his will because they'll still have two franchise potential superstar perennial all-star maybe three of those players under team control and oh by the way still with the cap space to go out and replace someone like lebron james if he decided to come and go on a one-year stop that is the difference here i'm not arguing your points that lebron whatever he might not be the perfect fit if you're drawing up a team you wouldn't take a guy who plays that position and needs the ball as much as he does but he's the greatest to ever do it. You can make it work. You can make LeBron James and Ben Simmons work on the floor together. You need to surround them with a really good three-point shooter and a ball handling or 
I'm sorry, a really good three-point shooter and like a scoring off-ball guard. That's what you need to do. It would be a little unconventional. If you haven't noticed, unconventional works well in all levels of basketball right now because the game is so wide open. It would be a little different. It would be a little unique. They'd probably lose a few games early, but that team would be utterly, utterly dominant. Ben Simmons and LeBron James could easily play together, even if on paper it's not the perfect fit because LeBron James is the best to ever play the game, period. So the leverage argument that you're trying to make, the last time that happened, do you know where he was playing? It was when he played for Miami. They had two multi-time All-Stars and one guy who had won multiple NBA championships, uh, even had one prior to LeBron joining Miami. They and Dwayne were past Wade their peak, And Chris Bosh. No, Wade, Wade and Bosh were not past their peak at that, at that point. Yes, they were. They certainly were not. Yes, they were. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yes, they were. But Bosh clearly was. Bosh was past his Why? peak almost when they were in those final series. And Wade Wade entered the NBA in, just so I could double check this, 2000, the same year that LeBron did. 2003, right. But he's the same. got, do you know how old he was when he entered the NBA? He played at Marquette for two, three or four he was years. Three, I think he was three years older than LeBron. Correct. So it doesn't, the point is, he was three years older than LeBron. LeBron is now at that point. LeBron is a physical freak who is sort of defying the laws of aging, unlike Wade, who has a lot more mileage on his body and clearly doesn't have the skill set or the size or the physique or any of that that LeBron has. LeBron is a superhuman freakazoid. So Wade, like, I don't know what to tell you. Wade was entering the back end of his career those years. I don't know what to say other than that. He was still very good. He's still decent. But, like, he was still at the top of his game, but he was not remotely what he was, you know, in – Oh seven to you know twenty twelve. I'm so like I'm, it's just a point. It's just a different. It's a different situation. Embiid and Simmons uh, two years from now will be in the throes of their prime, whereas Wade and Bosch were you know they're they're on clearly sloping downhill by that point. This You're team comparing situations if, that are different. If this team signs LeBron James and is able to court him and they let him walk after a year, the team will get skewered. And who cares? The, They'll the still office. be in the finals the next year. No, I'm saying no. I said if if he gets them to the finals, they They've lose, and then, and then they let him walk. Losing seventy games a year, you really think they're going to care about getting skewered from losing LeBron and then going out and signing another free it's a agent difference. and being well, the, the number one team there in the East is again? You you forced out your general manager, and you were able to sell that to the fans. It's going to be kind of hard to sell to all the fans who went out and bought LeBron James until you gear. start the next season ten and two. Do you really think the Sixers care about what jerseys people bought? Like, do you if you're do you really think the Sixers this it's Sixers? It's not just the merchandise. Well, you're right. It's not, and no one's going to. Will people be upset? You're, trust me, they'll be more mad at LeBron for doing that. People that are ready to, to burn the city to the ground when the Phillies let Jason Worth walk until no, they no, sell they what weren't. the contract details were. Yes, that, they were. No, they said that's the only good right-handed bat in the lineup, that you're, and it's the only thing that splits up Ryan Howard and Chase Utley. That was the only right-handed protection they had, Russ and then they wrong. saw the contract number. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling. I, I was, I was, I was blogging every moment of that. No one reacted that way. People liked. Worth Nobody was upset. Jason Worth was gone. Yep. When people said he was offered 126 million dollars, he said, "Yeah, I wouldn't have paid him that." That was the reaction. Every single person said, "Well, yeah, it would have been nice to keep Worth, but yeah, uh, good for him." I mean, or you know, people got mad at Worth. For you know, being for, a turncoat yeah. and going and to the Nationals—that's what I was saying. Until no the numbers one, came out, no it one was, was mad s- at the Phillies. Literally, no one. No one thought the Phillies should have paid 126 million dollars for Jason Worth. Now, in hindsight, it actually probably would have been a good thing. But literally, nobody was mad at that when it, he signed with the Nationals for 126 million dollars. Everyone thought the Nationals were insane, and I was like, "Well, okay, you know, goodbye, Worth. It was nice knowing you." No one was mad at the Phillies for that. Like, I don't even get what you're arguing. Would people be mad at the Sixers if LeBron came and walked? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, if they, they just would. If they're coming off an NBA championship. Uh, no, you he keep would, saying LeBron if they win the title. They are not going to win the title next year. You're crazy. Okay. You're saying that like it's an absolute fact. LeBron James and Joel Embiid. Because I think, would take them at, I think it would take them at five. least. I think it would take them at least to a second season for them to win the, chi- the, the title. To develop the chemistry they need. To have the playoff uh, the playoff experience. Did LeBron still James about, not win his first still, season in Cleveland? What? His second season in Cleveland. Second. Mm-hmm. You're, it doesn't did matter. They, the did NBA they win, the, so did they win the first time that he went down and joined forces did with Kevin, multi-time All-Stars? Did Kevin Durant Dwayne Wade. two years? I'm, no, wait, whoa, whoa. Did Kevin Durant whoa, need two years hold, on the Warriors? Uh, Durant didn't. 
Okay. LeBron James needed multiple years in Miami playing with with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Okay, so that means that he can't possibly win a championship the first year. Got he it. has. He's never done it in his career. <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. Well, I'm, he's just I mean, been like, the nine straight like, finals. He clearly doesn't have, possess the. That's fantastic. He hasn't won all of them. Has he? I mean, like the this is not, like see, that's just as as equally stupid of an argument. Like if Kevin Durant were hitting the open market, and I made that case, like you could you could totally throw that in my face. It's that Durant, stu- it's it's a stupid argument because the fact of the matter is, there's no absolutes in sports. Would LeBron James give you a terrific chance of winning next year? He absolutely would. That's the point. There's no abs- if if you anyone could guarantee a championship, they would go. Teams would go sign whatever player guaranteed them a championship. You do what puts you in the best position to win. Having the best player to ever play basketball on your team with Joel Embiid uh, gives you a chance to win next year. I don't care if Clay Thompson is still in the Warriors. I'm not saying they would win. Not saying the Warriors might not win. The Sixers could absolutely could absolutely win the NBA championship next year with LeBron. Point blank. Period. See the awful and thing is I had, really a well, I had a well thought out rational argument for why Paul George is a better option for this team. Paul George is a great option. I'm not Paul, I'm going to argue George, against that. But I'm I think not. He's, what I'm saying is, I arguing think he's against a, LeBron is goofy. It's goofy. It's insane. All right, thank you, thank you, Mike. Um, I I really appreciate that. Um, Paul George has proven this in this season that he no longer has to be a ball dominant point forward in order for his team to be successful, and he's playing with the most ball dominant point guard in the game in Russell Westbrook. And if he were inserted into this lineup, you are not. You're not concerning yourself with any kind of uh, locker room cancer stuff. You're not considering, or you're not concerning yourself with any of the off-court nonsense that that people who are anti-LeBron to the team for whatever reason. Um, and you're also looking at a guy who's going to that has LeBron in the finals for nine straight years. He, that's great. Miami's looking so much better. Cleveland was left in better shape when he left. Miami was left in better shape when he left. Cleveland will be left in better shape after he leaves this time. You're totally right. It, who, you, it, <laughs> Russ. Like this is, and this is the problem, and this is why I get mad at people who make this argument. Who gives a shit what those teams were left like? Who gives a shit? They're fans. What do you mean? Who cares? Well, Cleveland it, was Cleveland. Do you like when LeBron left the first time from Cleveland? Right? People were burning his his jersey in the street. They never wanted to see him ever again. Right? And then he goes to Miami. He leaves Miami. He walks away. Uh, Miami fans are not exactly like a great barometer for anything because Miami fans only show up when their teams are good. Uh, but he left that franchise uh, in worse shape uh, than he, when he got there. I mean, he won them a title. It was great. Fantastic. Wonderful. Um, I think you could make the he case won them now. two titles, by the way. Yeah, two. okay. That's great. Uh, he left. The team is in tatters. The team is still in tatters. The team is like they went from being a perennial contender in the league to, to being a, a middling uh, playoff contender in the Eastern Conference. This is why I get frustrated with you. This is why I get Good. frustrated with you. Because you, 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 you state what happened without considering any of the circumstances. He didn't leave them in tatters. He came just like any other good free agent to a team, had a terrific run, two championships, what, three, four finals appearances, right? Terrific run. And then he left because he was a free agent and allowed to leave. And part of the reason they weren't, necessarily in tatters he left and they weren't as good after he left why because he left and he's allowed to do that also because Dwayne Wade was entering the back half of his career and so was Bosch who was beset by injuries after that it was a combination of a lot of things it's not like he went in there and hit the blow-up button and you know the heat were no more he came they had their run no one blames I don't know no one blames uh uh I don't like Name a Phil, like Chase Utley. Oh, when he left, the Phillies were in tatters. Well, yeah, he, he went to Miami. They had a great run, and then he left. That's what happens in sports. No team. He also, hold on. He let me also just finish imp- my thought. No, well, he also, he also threw in plenty of influence, and he's, he did this in the first time in Cleveland. He His did in Miami. And he led did, to two and, championships, and whole, Russ. It led to two championships. See, you don't listen. Let so, me finish my thought, and then I will listen. Right. Just let me finish this thought. You're like, this ha- no team just stays at the top. He went there. They got better. They won. He left. They went on the decline. That happens. That's fine. As a sports fan, if you're going to win a championship, you have to accept the inevitable. Hey, we're eventually. We're not going to be champions forever. We're not. You know, we're guys are going to come and leave, and and that's what happens. And that's what happened. And oh, by the way, Wade and Bosch were getting old, and you know, weren't good enough to on their own to be a good team. Cleveland's a different situation. He went there. He went. Cleveland was not a great destination for him. He went there because it was his home. 
That is the reason he went to Cleveland. There's In no other scenario would he be chosen to play for the Cavs. If it was just Team A, Team B, whatever. He went there because it was home. It was not a good situation from the beginning. And miraculously, he got them a title and went to two others. He, so I get what you're saying. They're going to be a mess. He didn't get along with the guys there. He left them in tatters. I totally accept that. The Sixers situation is uniquely different, as I explained before, from the reasons the Heat fell off and because the Cavs fell off. The Heat fell off because LeBron James came, he left, and the guys who were remaining were starting their decline. The Cavs... And that that's not the only reason. Okay, but it's it's a big part of it. That's It is a big part of it. It is a big but part you, of it. But hold on, let me just try- finish. I'm almost done. The Cavs, again, as I explained, super different scenario. He went there. He kind of forced his way in there because it was his home. And he said, I'm going home, and uh, goddamn, I'm going to make this. I'm in my prime. I'm going to figure out a way to win at home. And... He didn't get along with the personalities there. He forced out Kyrie, the coach. I mean, look, it was a mess, absolutely. But Cleveland had Cleveland is basically an irrelevant franchise without LeBron James. They had to bend to his will to accept him. They it was the best thing that's ever happened to their franchise. Yes, they're going to be left in tatters, but the, they would have been nothing these last four years without him. Okay, they had to do everything he wanted because they had no or they had no true chance to win without him it was it made that that franchise and that owner hundreds of millions of dollars if not billions of dollars and so they had to do everything he wanted to do and now he was in a bad situation and now they're just trying to scramble to put pieces around to salvage what they have left the Sixers are not in that situation they have premium premium young talent under their control they don't need to bend to LeBron James's will which may be a reason why he doesn't end up here because they don't need to accept all of his demands. And if he comes and has too many demands and needs to walk or walks after one year or whatever it is, the Sixers will not necessarily be left in tatters because they won't have to bend to his whim because they have enough on their own to be successful without him. If that pisses people off for a few weeks, then so be it. I don't think the Sixers care. This is an organization that uh, has had countless ticket missteps and whatever. I don't think they're going to be upset with a fan base being a little pissed off if LeBron leaves once the team comes out the next year and, oh, by the way, still has Embiid and Simmons. So I get what you're saying. All the things you're saying are true, but you're comparing situations that are vastly different in each of the three spots, and the Sixers are in a uniquely better position than either of those two teams who were irrelevant before— I want to say that— who were who were not contenders before LeBron got there. The Sixers can be contenders in a year or two with or without LeBron. I guess this is the only last point I'll make. Um, maybe some people are saying, thank God. When you look at the teams that LeBron James has left in his wake, so many of the issues that the, that they've run into, and I think like the one thing that you're leaving out of this entire thing, is when you say that Cleveland, uh, you know, you make it sound like when LeBron left Cleveland, that in theory, like, uh, they couldn't have been relevant without him going forward. And it's I, like, I'll argue that to some extent, it's factually inaccurate. Um, I think him coming back to Cleveland, actually, like, yeah, you can make the case that him winning a title there was like the most important thing to ever happen to Cleveland. But had he not gone back, you would have had a team that had Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins and plenty of cap space, which they will not have going into next year. And they haven't had since when LeBron leaves and their goal uh, with inevitably, that, they would on, have given on. their left nut in, to be in three straight finals with that group. They never would have got there. The, like, these are the things you have to understand. These are absolutes that you're talking in. I mean, if if uh, if you're you honestly able to pull think up Kyrie tra- and, and Andrew Wiggins would have been in three straight finals. Not three straight, no. Okay. But I'm saying like they would have been there long term with uh, with minimal cap figures. You could have theoretically worked out a trade. They had other assets available to them uh, to execute in the trade market uh, to potentially pursue free agents, although Cleveland is not the most desirable location. Here's the thing that I'll say. Going into next year after LeBron leaves, you're still going to be looking at what I think is is and has been probably his biggest MO and maybe the thing that I, I find the most concerning in a lot of cases, LeBron, in the course of his career, has forced out younger players in order to get some of of, of his boys in. And when he leaves next year... His boys uh, are look Ben at, Simmons look and at, Joel Embiid. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> because because they reacted well to each other on social media and on a court. He has uh, been when, working when out Cle- with Ben Simmons on, whoa, whoa, whoa. for you, three you for years. Okay, okay whoa, whoa. but just... So when, when LeBron leaves next year... They've been working out year, for years. It's not just a social media thing. Great. A lot of guys work out, Kyle. You know that and I know that. 
When LeBron leaves, is literally Kevin Love, mentor. Kevin Love, who he forced, he forced the team to trade two number one overall picks for, including Andrew Wiggins and you know Anthony Bennett. We're just gonna act like that didn't happen. Uh, next year, Kevin Love, who he forced their hand to acquire, uh, makes twenty four million against their cap. George Hill, who they uh, they had to trade for in order to like somewhat appease him into trying to stay beyond this year, is gonna count nineteen million against their cap. Tristan Thompson, who he demanded the Cleveland Cavaliers work out an extension for is going to count nearly 17 and a half million against the cap. J.R. Smith, who he practically can't live without, who's like the new Mike Miller or James Jones is like his, you know, off ball three point threat is going to make almost, makes makes almost 15, makes almost 15 million against the cap next year. And Jordan Clarkson, who again is a guy that they acquired in order to like appease him to stand another year. It didn't work. They won a championship. They won a title. Kyle, they're in worse shape. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be left in worse shape this time than uh, than they were had he not gotten there. Like if you had he not if gotten somebody, there, they wouldn't have been the so three if, straight finals and won so a title. So let me ask you. Like, I guess what, you, what and I, you and I just don't. You and I just don't. You're agree so on this. you are. You're I, pro- I would rather have. Way too much I would rather have. That's your problem. No, I would rather have a team that is a decent competitive team that could like theoretically build the right way uh, and be like an actual team for ten years. They still could be that with then, LeBron. He would come and then and go bottom and out. No, you're same guys. you're mixing this again. I'm saying Cleveland. Like I, I don't know if you go back three years and you say, look, you've got Kyrie Irving right now, and you've got uh, the number one overall pick that's going to be Andrew Wiggins. Do you want to go forward with that and roll the dice on those guys going forward and potentially making free agent moves or trades, or do you want to have three good years, one where you win a title? And everything is blown up. Kyrie is in here. Andrew Wiggins is in here. You have no cap flexibility. You have no valuable trade assets. LeBron, Andrew Wiggins. That is sucks. that is the ultimate. Well, listen, that's the ultimate question. Would you rather have one title and blow up your team for like seven or eight years, or would you rather have a team that like could possibly contend on their own? And I think I, that's I like. Dis- well, I fundamentally disagree because I think Andrew Wiggins sucks. But I mean, you you can think that. I mean, he, I I he, don't I don't agree with you. He's not a number one option right now. It's, it's it's just he's I don't yeah I mean I like I fundamentally disagree with your principle there but uh, and and if you're asking that question I don't know I think most Cavs fans would say going to the finals like what do teams build teams literally build for a decade the Sixers when it's all said and done may build for a decade to get to three straight finals whether you win or not it's really hard to say if you get to the finals you're you know anything can happen in a final series right and going up against the Cavs would have won at least two if they didn't run into literally the best team ever assembled, okay? But they did. Yeah. Okay, they did, but you know what? They gave themselves a terrific chance to win. They won the conference three years in a row. That's pretty much what your goal is when you get there, and then you see what the other conference has to offer up. Teams, My point is teams build for a decade to be in a position to get to three straight finals. Any team in any sport will build, if you could say you're going to rebuild and it's going to take you several years, five to seven years, but that will yield three straight finals and at least one championship, every single team would undertake that process, every single one. The Cavs expedited that, and they got there a little quicker, and they're going to pay for it a little bit harder on the back end. What you're asking is a classic fundamental sports question is whether you really want to go for it. The fact is most organizations would say three straight finals appearances and at least one win, sign me up for that regardless of the consequences because you can spend, teams will spend a decade just trying to obtain that. That's the point. Like, I get what you're saying, but again... Teams work so hard to acquire a top 10 or a top 15 talent in the league, and they had it in Kyrie. No, but no, no, Russ. What are they working for? Are they working for a top 10 talent? They're working for a top 10 talent so they can be in a position to be a team contending for a title in all sports. Like... Yes. Do you want to be, you know? Do you want a high draft pick in football? Do you want a lottery pick in basketball? Yes. Well, what is the end goal of that? It's winning, getting to the finals, and winning titles. Teams would, you know, it's just a fundamental question that I think we disagree on. And I think any team in existence gonna- would say, I would take if give me whatever, give me three straight finals appearances. I'll take the consequences on the back end of that. And it's by the way, those Cleveland- are consequences the Sixers would not have to suffer. That is the difference here. I think the reason that I be in a the reason position. that I think I'm so upset about it is because if I were a Cleveland fan, I'm looking at a team that's probably go- like once he leaves is going to have uh, little to no cap flexibility. They have no assets to go out and make a trade, and they're not an attractive free agent market. The Cavs right? or the Sixers? And the, the Cavs. Okay, the, ca- the Sixers uh, are not the and, Cavs. 
well, it's just a different it's what, a different situation, Russ. But it's, what I, what I'm saying is they're gonna it's gonna take them at least four or five years. Doesn't of matter. Hopefully, of of hopefully hitting pay dirt for them to get back to where they were in like 2010 or 2011, whenever it was that they got Kyrie Irving. Um, and if if you're looking at this team, like I I don't know how much this. Are you a Cavs fan or a Sixers question. fan though? You're you're just you're equating a situation that exists in Cleveland that would not exist here. Why not? Or that is significantly. If, let me say it this way: it's significantly less likely to exist because the Sixers are in a much better situation coming into it, much better, and they're a much better run organization. There's just a, they have a lot more going for them than the Cavs did before LeBron got there. Absolutely. I just fundamentally disagree with you. Okay, fair enough. He's if Kyrie Irving is is tradable as a top ten player or a top fifteen player in the league, uh, I I don't see how if Ben Simmons becomes this like off ball guard, uh, I don't I don't see how you know if if LeBron tells you gives you the verbal commitment that he'll stay another year or two, uh, I I don't think anybody's off the table except for Joel Embiid, and I I think like the little brother narrative is great. But Kyrie Irving was also, you know, LeBron's little brother the entire time that he was in Cleveland, but and it it did not it did not save him from having the guillotine dropped on him. I understand and, that, but, and but we, LeBron has been he's legit. It's not a social. It's not a like he has been mentoring Simmons for at least three plus years now before Simmons was in the NBA. It's a different circumstance. I'm not saying things can't go south, but he legitimately has a very good relationship with Ben Simmons. He believes that Ben Simmons. And NBA guys are big on their legacy and all this. He believes that Ben Simmons is like the next version of him. And he's believed that since Simmons has been in high school. Okay. I, I think that is a much different situation than what he had with Kyrie, who he, you know, sort of glommed onto when he got there. And ditto with Embiid. They genuinely seem to like each other. I don't think that, you know, it's, yeah, it's on the court, it's social media stuff. They genuinely seem like they like each other. And Embiid is a likable guy. Like, you know, there's just a lot, not that things can't go south. But, you know, Embiid is here to stay, so that really doesn't matter. The Sixers would be foolish to, you know, eject him for one extra year of LeBron, no doubt about it. And Ben Simmons has genuine ties and relationship with LeBron. I think things would have to go very sideways for that to not work So out. let me posit this to you and to the listeners who I'm sure, you know, hopefully are still uh, listening at this point. If next year, let's say in order to free up enough cap space uh, or in order to try to get LeBron to commit long-term, you are faced with a trade where you've got a trade like let's let's assume the Lakers pick um, conveys this year and it goes to Boston and you have the Sacramento pick next year. Let's imagine that there's a trade out there. You have to give up the Sacramento pick, Mark Fultz and Dario Saric in order to bring in like a, a decent uh, like a decent all star option. I don't know who that is. Let's say it, it won't be Paul George because he's a free agent, but like throw that out there as like somebody else. And there's still the potential that LeBron walks after a year, and now you've given up Dario, the Sacramento pick, and Fultz, just on the you know possibility of him signing for another one and one deal. Do you make that trade? I don't know. It really depends because on what you have I, in Fultz. because that's the track record that I'm trying to bring up to you. That's the track record that that we've seen. Fair, fair enough. And, and honestly, it and depends. I'm not comfortable. I am not comfortable with watching brian colangelo trade away markel fultz and dario sarge and you know that potential sacramento pick i agree um, it depends for, on what for you for think year you have LeBron. in fultz because fault i mean there's the the range of possible outcomes for fultz is so wild it's not even funny he could be the number one pick we all thought he would be or he could be a absolute bust who becomes little more than a serviceable nba player because he he can't shoot and is a head case i mean there's so it's a hard hypothetical. I don't know why answer. it took me this long to come up with this hypothetical because it, it really is about as close of a parallel as you're going to get to Wiggins and Bennett. But it doesn't uh, Sarge mean... Sarge is obviously a better a better player than Bennett was, and you're also trading away like another you know, potential top 10 pick. You act like uh, trading Bennett was a bad thing. No, no, no. That's why I said Sarge was obviously a much better player. No, I know. But so you're, you're talking it, about like, increased LeBron value was there, right like, when he said, let's get rid of him and let's bring... like Make fun of J.R. Smith all you want. He helped win a championship. Point blank period, you know? Like... Yeah, it's LeBron's guy. Yeah, to do whatever, but like he was right. They got a championship somehow. That team won a championship. You know, you, you can't fault them that they ran into the Warriors. I mean, that was that's like the it's like the perfect. But they're going to run into the Warriors next year too. Yeah, that's, well, that's my that's difference. My, difference though. That's you know the Warriors are all two years older, uh, and there's a reasonable chance Clay Thompson is not there. I, I don't think the Warriors are 
as good a year from now as they were a year ago. Um, that that's a that's a huge difference. They still have Steph Curry, and they still have Kevin Durant, right? And Draymond Green. I'm not saying they're going to be bad, and, but I'm no, saying but I'm, you, the perfect storm. I think has is is you know you're seeing the the back bands of the perfect storm. They're not going to exist in that capacity and and set NBA records for wins. Um, you know, going forward, they're they're they peak. also don't need to. Yeah, you're I, right. I, I you're know right. what you're saying, but you know, we. I'm you know, talking about can't... in Cleveland, LeBron. They ran into the Warriors. Yes, Cleveland only got one title out of that. In any other era, they get at least two, if not three. They just, I mean, they it it was timed with something that was unpredictable. Um, you know, I mean, not that the Warriors came out of nowhere, but they went from. Hey, Steph Curry, Draymond, like they got a really good young squad too. Holy shit, this is the best team ever. And then, oh, by the way, they added Kevin Durant. I mean, you know, it's really hard to predict that. In a finals, Durant and, and LeBron offset going forward. Okay. Steph is a superior player. Uh, if I think if we're going to go head-to-head, Steph is a, what, top five player, top seven player in the league. Mm. He's He is a better, yeah. Steph is a Steph is a more valuable player, I would say, in a sense. Uh, let's say next year, in a than year what from ben now, be. is he better than Joel Embiid? I don't know. No, I think he's better than Ben. Sure. And so then you've got so then you've got Joel, and I would still say that you would have Clay Thompson for another year. So to Clay and Draymond add up in terms of impact, what Joel does, I would say between those two players, yes. Now, if Clay is gone, then it is a different scenario, but that is also based on them you know wanting to cut bait and try to acquire something for clay which by the way they're not going to trade clay thompson for like a second round pick he's going to no. be something so they might le- sure they might legitimately trade him. so all right all right here we are that that's that's that there were questions on twitter we'll get to those uh next week or no i'm sorry on friday um this whole thing got railroaded it's all lebron james's fault the sixers will be better off with paul george um thank you again for listening to the crossing broadcast again follow us on twitter at joy on broad at crossing broad uh we will be making an announcement coming up soon about the crossing broad podcast network uh the channels are going active uh momentarily and we should hopefully be rolling out all of the new shows next week uh at the earliest so keep an eye peeled for that and uh check the stuff out on the site